With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Welcome to another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. I'm your host, Hannah Guthrie, and today we're talking about bunions. And my expert is none other than Dr. Tom Bimbanista of KC Foot Care. Welcome. Good to have you back. Now, I have to ask you, is the little piggy that went to market the one that's going to get the bunion the most? Uh, possibly if they wore incorrect shoes, but generally it's hereditary. So if they're pretty much in your family most of the time. But would it be the big toe? Yes, it's the big toe. But you can get them on a little toe also. Okay, let's talk about bunions. What exactly is it? To me, it just looks like a raised skin. Mm -hmm. Is it more than that? Yes, yes. What happens just behind the big toe, there's a bone called the first metatarsal. And if you touch a bunion underneath there, it's hard. That's a physical bone. And it is enlarged. So it's actually a bone that's pushing yes. it up. Yes, ma'am. What happens is, is that it just gets a lar- little bit larger and gets slightly out of place. So it becomes more predominant and it sticks out the side and it makes your big toe go crooked towards your second toe. Now, you also hear about a hammer toe. What's a hammer toe? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens with a hammer toe is this. As most people sometimes develop a bunion and it progresses forward, the big toe, because it's not straight, it's crooked basically starts losing the ability to have the correct function. So the function starts going into the second and the third and the fourth toe. So those toes curl to do more work, and over time they become deformed, forming a hammer toe from that. So is this hereditary, genetic? Correct. Generally, it's hereditary. Most of the times, uh, it's within the families. It may not be within the same generational thing, so a mother may not give it to their daughter, but an aunt might have it in the family, but maybe not her daughter. So it could miss a generation. It can be both in men and women. So it's pretty equal as far as the number of people that have it. And it's pretty obvious because they say, oh, yes, my feet are looking like my grandmother's now. Now, will high heels cause bunions or hammer toes? They will not cause bunions because generally they're hereditary. Okay. Sometimes they contrib- contribute slightly to hammer toe development. But the shoes themselves are really more, they contribute to the discomfort, but they don't cause it by itself. So when do your feet actually start getting bunions? If it's hereditary, I mean, do babies get them? There are some cases you can see children, five, six, seven years old, with a deformity of their foot that resembles the bunion as it starts. But most of the time we see children, if it shows up early, around 10 and 12 and 13, 14 years of age. The thing with that is we have to be very careful because there are some really good conservative ways of kind of controlling the growth of the bunion by controlling the function of the foot. Because the bunion is not just hereditary, it's structural, which is the bone itself that we talked about, the enlargement, but it's also the function of the foot. So what we can do sometimes is make a type of custom-made orthotic that controls the function that basically slows the progression of the bunion 
It doesn't stop it, but it slows the progression so that at some point in the future, the deformity of the bunion itself isn't severe. It's more mid-range or a moderate type of bunion. So corrective shoes, at least that's what when we were growing up, Mm -hmm. they go, you wear corrective shoes. Is that what Mm -hmm. people were treating them for? Well, can I tell you, corrective shoes do not properly support the arch. So what it is in today's world, an orthotic is made from a mold of your foot. It's a cast. And a plastic device is handmade that is a duplicate of your arch. And that can be switched from shoe to shoe. And that forms like an arch support, which reduces the function problem that causes the bunion, which is a hereditary problem by nature. Do you make those? Yes, so you can make those. Those are made from a caster mold of the foot, yes. I mean, so do you have that in your practice? Correct. Where you can, is it poured plastic? No, you put on a plaster like paper mache around okay. the outside of the foot, like a slipper. It looks like a tiny slipper made out of plaster. And then it hardens. And then once it's hardened, we take it off the foot. Then you have an exact duplicate of your foot. So when they make the orthotic, they have this duplicate of your foot, like a slipper. Okay. Like a custom-made slipper. They pour plaster in it, and as that hardens, then they can break away the outer shell, the slipper portion, then they have an exact duplicate of your foot there. And then you can switch those from shoe to shoe. Most of them you can ship. There's different types of orthotics. Some fit in dress shoes and some fit in sports shoes. So when your feet stop growing, so if you're treating kids early and you're trying to slow the progression, is there a point when the bunion just stops because your feet have stopped growing? No, unfortunately, the foot growing, most of the time, we find that the shoe size or the growth of the foot stabilizes between 16 and 20 years of age. But the problem is we talk about function and the hereditary progression of the bunion. So it does progress over time to get worse. So the bunion over years can go get much worse. So they say, it wasn't that bad when I was in my 20s. I noticed in my 30s, it was a little worse. In my 40s, it's much worse. Like, what's the biggest bunion you've seen? I mean, uh, do they get huge? I mean, yes, they get shoes. And, well, yeah, can they, yeah. They, get, they get huge. But remember, the bone, the bump you see on a bunion is only so big. It only can get so big. It really is the bone there becomes uh, displaced, and it kind of pushes out of the foot. That's why it looks so large. So the bunion is not just what you see there, but once we take an x-ray, we can tell that the the bone, which is the first metatarsal, is we call deviated to push towards out of the foot towards the bunion area. That's really where the bunion really is. It's within the bone, even though visually we see the bunion. And some bunions look really bad, but inherently the x-ray is relatively normal, which means it's just the bump. That's all that hurts. We, t- we take care of that by a simple procedure where it's removed. But then we take an x-ray on some patients and the deformity of the bone is large. And what we have to do there is remove the bump like you would expect what people see. But many times we have to maybe cut the bone and realign it and use a screw to compress the bone together. So is surgery the only answer realistically? In some cases, yes, when the deformity is to a certain point. But generally when we treat bunions, what we try to do is treat it individually. We don't have like a cookie cutter version. So a person would come in and say, okay, um, I've had this for years. I don't know why, but I noticed the last few months it started hurting more. And as we discussed it, they go, you know what? I had these hiking shoes or these sports shoes that tended to irritate the bunion area. And then many times what we can do, 
without surgery, what we can do is sometimes use an injection just underneath the skin. We call it subcuticular injection to reduce the inflammation because really what you're feeling is an inflammation to the bone, like a bone bruise, like you would get on your shin. But the problem is that bone's sticking out and more prominent and it rubs against your shoe, which hurts. It's like if you hit your shin bone, you think, oh, that's healed after a couple of weeks. You know, it feels good. Then you actually do something where you touch it, you go, it's still sore. It still hurts. Yeah. Correct. Now you talked about the surgery, you said sometimes it involves screws, and mm -hmm. then are you actually shaving the bone down? Correct. Uh, a very small portion of the bone is removed. So when you really look at the size of the true bunion, it doesn't really ever get much more than a quarter of an inch okay. in size on the side. But the deformity inside the foot is which, which is much greater. So as we're talking here, and if people are interested, if they go to my website, uh, caseyfootcare.com, they have videos that are animated. There's no blood. Okay. That shows, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And so, uh, so what it is is those are animated and they can show you how the different procedures are done. And so I tend to be a jokester by nature. So right. a lot of times when I do the videos and show them to the patients, I go, listen, I said, it'll turn out just fine. I have a loop of this video doing and rolling when I'm doing the surgery. So I always remember what to do. <laughs> and that inspires the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> now, once you shave it off, the surgery is over. What's the recovery time? The recovery time generally is relatively short. Again, from doing this for 37 years, 37 years ago, there were limited techniques to correct bunions. So most of the time back then, people would say, oh, you know, you get a bunion. If you have it fixed, it always comes back. Because back then, there were limited ways to treat the bunions. And we didn't look at it as quite objectively and academically as we do today. So as I mentioned to you, we have the bunion, the bunion enlargement itself, which we remove, but the angle of the bone. See, nowadays, we're able to correct the angle in the bone and put a screw in it. Now, it sounds kind of painful, but it's really not. Right. These are Frank, sedated. Kind of like Frankenstein. Kind of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They always say, will I go off at the airport? I go, probably not. And then the husband always says, could you tighten the screw a little tighter for her? <laughs> so what happens is, is that with the, uh, with that, what happens is, is that when you use a screw to compress the bone together in today's world versus 37 years ago, it allows for early weight bearing. So in most cases, people can walk on their foot the same day, even though we don't want them to, right. but they can get up, go to the bathroom, and they can return to some form of activities within a very short period of time. So you can stop them from growing back, or will they grow back? Well, they normally do not grow back because, okay, there's a hereditary factor, so okay. we cannot go after your family right. to correct your bunions. So I tell patients we can't do that, but we can structurally correct the bunion by removing it and potentially realigning the bone itself. And in some cases, when necessary, we followed up with an orthotic because, as I mentioned, there is a functional component to the bunion deformity developing. So what it is, by using an orthotic after surgery, it helps prevent that function from being maintained, which could cause a recurrence, but normally does not. So you're getting more balance then. Because with the bunion, you're probably, you're, you're yeah, I hate to use patterning stuff. I hate to use the word pronating, but almost right. everybody with a bunion pronates or their foot turns in. It's very common. So that's the major deformity, the pronation, which is a hereditary factor, causes the bunion formation inherently. Oh. Now, I've heard of a Taylor's bunion. What is that? How is it different uh -huh. from like a regular bunion? Uh, was there a Mr. <laughs> Taylor involved? Uh, no, no, no. It was, it was this. The Taylor's bunion is a bump that is behind the little toe okay. on the outside of the foot. 
And that's where and it went wee 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 all the way home. That right. that toe. That's okay. toe. Yeah, that's yes. the that's the toe you always break, hit, and damage. Right. Okay. So with the Taylor's bunion, it's a little different. It's inherently the same, which is there's an enlargement of the bone and there's a malalignment of the bone. So it's really both things. But what happened, and the reason it's called a Taylor's bunion, is that years and years ago, when before electricity and when they used to do a lot of sewing and stuff, many of the sewing machines had a pedal. And people would pedal the sewing machine to speed it up as they were sewing. So what happens is that if you ever put your foot on a pedal, a gas pedal or anything, it's very hard to keep it flat. It tends to roll to the outside. To the left, yeah. So what it is is you roll it to the outside on the little toe side, and you tend to put pressure there. So people would end up, tailors would have notoriously pain on the outside of their foot. So the bump, they started calling a tailor's bunion because the tailors would get it. But it's not a true bunion, is it? Like you say, most of them are hereditary. That would be work-related. Well, can I tell you, it's not really always work-related. People can get them hereditarily, but they become aggravated by the fact they just rub the outside of the shoe. Okay. Because in many times, they can be as severe and as painful as um, a regular bunion. Like today in the office, I saw a lady that I took care of 25 years ago that we did Taylor's bunion surgery on, where you remove the enlargement you make a tiny cut in a bone and put a screw in it. And she goes, you remember this? I go, yes, because it was that, that they're, they're really turned out great. She's really, really pleased. Right. Uh, so what it, she goes, do you remember how bad it hurt? I go, no, not really. It's kind of hard to remember that. Right. But I do remember her. So what she was saying, she goes, I can't believe that that foot, my foot just hasn't hurt for 25 years. So most of the time- Why'd she come back in just to tell you that? Or? No, no, Sorry. no. She had a different problem that I cannot tell you about because under HIPAA guidelines, I'm exactly. unable to speak. <laughs> no, but that's nice. That you, yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah, and so she, what it is, yeah. is then we, most of the time when I see patients that I've seen for a long time, I hate to say this, we spend more time talking about the passings that took care of her daughter too. So okay. we ended up, most of the problems I see are very, I wouldn't say simple because of course they're important to the patient. But the patients I've seen for a long time, the diagnosis is normally 95, 98% of them are relatively consistent and reproducible as far as being able to make the diagnosis. So most of the time we talk about it, say you need to do this, this, or this. By the way, how is the family? That's right. how we normally do this. Now, one of my girlfriends uh, had bunion surgery, and I think she did it on both feet at the same mm. time because I guess she was able to walk. I mean, unlike knee surgery, you just mm. do one at a time. Mm-hmm. So do you do both at the same time? You can do both at the same time based upon the procedure. So there's three levels of procedures that are done. A very simple bunionectomy where you remove the bunion large in itself. That can easily be done on both feet. Then there's a secondary type of bunion procedure where you remove the bunion enlargement and make a cut in a bone to straighten it right where the bunion is and put a screw in it. You can walk on that. You can do both feet at the same time. Then there are procedures for more really severe bunions. Remember, the severe bunion is not what it looks like. It's what the x-ray shows. Mm -hmm. So on those severe bunions, the bone has to be cut further back in the foot to correct it because the angle is large. Those, you cannot do both feet at the same time. So with that, you do a cut in the bone and use a screw. And then there's another type of procedure called a lapoplasty, which is another type of surgical procedure that's being used today that we can use. So when you look at the bunion surgery, the whole array of choices. And really, when we look at doing one foot or both, when it's available to be done, we talk to the patient and really, you're not in twice as much pain and you're really not twice as disabled. You're a little slower at the beginning. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. We go, how much time do you have off work? I only have eight weeks. 
for that particular thing or six weeks or four weeks. You can right. do both at the same time. Uh, so that what you can do is get them back to work quicker. And it's really not that bad with proper medication, post-surgical. And I always make sure I call the patient in the evening and make sure they're doing well. If they have a problem or a question, they could let me know. And then they have my cell number. So if they have a problem, they text me the next day. So we can correct any problems with pain or discomfort or nausea. You know, in the old days when you got a pedicure, the um, pedicurist, I guess. Yeah, pedicurist. Anyway, would use a razor, you know, to cut the skin Mm -hmm. off your heel Mm -hmm. and then on the side of your Mm -hmm. toes. So you don't ever do that with the bun. You wouldn't recommend people. Well, generally, they had to stop doing that because there are many cases of people getting infected and damaged from that. So most of the time, they can use something that like a little, looks like a little tiny cheese grater. Right. But they can't use anything like truly sharp anymore because there are patients where they kind of cut them and they got infected. So you should never do it even at home. If you feel like you've got a bunion protrusion, uh-huh. that's not helping it. You need to go inside, right? Technically true. But I mean, if you have some dead skin there and you find keeping it less there by using right. like a little cheese grater, like a petty egg, they call it, it, that's okay. You know, as long as you don't get too aggressive, more is not better. Now, I read where if you walk in the grass barefoot, that you get all this good energy from the earth and it kind of heals your feet. Is that, that's just anecdotal. I would have to say, (laughs) pass anecdotal, my dear. I would have to say that uh, I wonder what they were doing in the, in the grass anyway at the time. There you go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So really what it does, no, you can't really per se strengthen your feet. I mean, you can help it. But it's, it would be like this. It would be like anything you would think of that has a momentum. Once a certain angle occurs in anything that occurs in life, you know, you stand in a certain way or you're holding a weight or you're doing work on your house. Once it passes a certain midline point, the momentum takes over regardless what strength there is or where your position is. So, you know, doing stretching or trying to do strengthening, there's nothing wrong with that. But that just forestalls some of the problems that's going to occur. It never really prevents them. So standing on your tippy toes, trying to strengthen your ankle, didn't really do anything. Not really. I mean, it can help some. But if you have an underlying problem, it's still going to occur, unfortunately. Well, thanks for coming and talking to us about that. I now know the difference between a bunion and a hammer toe. Well, can I tell you, life is totally fulfilled now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you so much again. All right. Join us next time for another episode of Ask the Expert on Fox 4. 